Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. We're in the Financial Planning Program at the University of Georgia. On today's episode, we're talking taxes. Taxes? Get ready for an action-packed episode, folks. Taxes? Ever wonder where your tax dollars go? Taxes? We're talking about taxes, man. Have you at least once found yourself contemplating whether or not the tax system is fair Really, taxes. We're talking about taxes. You know, Matt and I think maybe people dread taxes so much because they don't understand them. Yet again, the burden of preserving our very democracy falls upon our shoulders. An important thing to understand is that taxes are used to fund the government and its services. To help understand where our tax dollars go, we'd like to engage you, the audience, in a game of trivia. Yeah, let's do this, man. And for fun... I'll join in on the action. Are you sure about that? These are tough. I'm all about embarrassing myself over the airwaves. That you are. (laughs) You ready for these trivia questions? (laughs) Absolutely. Here we go. True or false, over 50% of federal spending is on welfare. Are you setting me up here? This this sounds a little like a loaded question, man. No, not intended to be loaded at all. All right, well, there is no way 50% of federal tax dollars are being spent on welfare. Is that your final answer? False it is. True. Wait, was I wrong? Right. I was incorrect? Correct. Okay, I got it. Medicare, (laughs) Medicaid, and Social Security together are already over 50% of the budget. Tag on some housing and education spending and welfare costs are over 60% of federal spending. I'm glad you provided some clarification for our listeners because the word welfare is a very polarizing term. Oh, yeah. A lot of people hate welfare until they need it. And because I'm obsessed with statistics, this is true. Okay, here's an interesting stat. 2010 General Social Survey. 42% of Americans say we spend too much on welfare, but only 10% say we spend too much on assistance to the poor. They're the same thing. Yeah, and Social Security and Medicare are programs that mostly help older Americans. You don't become eligible for these benefits until you're the distinguished age of 62. What also sets them apart from other welfare programs is that the majority of Americans expect to get them. Ah, so maybe if you're thinking you'll benefit from welfare, quote-unquote, you might support it more. And surveys find that exact result. The people who support Social Security the most are those who've retired or will be soon. Ah, fascinating. What, uh, what, what were we doing again? Tax quiz. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm 0 for 1. What's your next question? So you know and everyone knows we spend more on our military than any other country in the world. And from what I hear, we have a pretty big nuclear button. USA! USA! So, the question here is, true or false, the United States spends more on its military than the next eight biggest combined. What? Come on, that's insane. Okay, think about what these other countries are. Okay, so probably China or Russia is number two. Yeah, that's right. Two and three in that order. And I don't know, the United Kingdom and Germany are probably up there. Yeah, and France too. All right, uh, what are other big countries? Mm, India? 
Japan. Yeah, you know your geography. And I'll give you a hint. Saudi Arabia is the one you're missing. Okay, come on. I could see that we spend more than maybe on number two plus number three, but... No, I'm just going to interrupt you and say you're wrong. What? Yeah, we spend more than the next eight put together plus an extra $15 billion. Those aircraft carriers don't buy themselves. Wow. At least we could rest assured that our tax dollars keep us safe. Yeah, the military counts for 20% of federal spending if you lump together defense and veterans benefits. Okay, well... What's that relative to other countries' budgets? Well, it's about 10 times as much as the average Western European country. Interesting. Yeah, but they're all drinking espressos after their siestas and being snarky and going on strike. <laughs> really, really bad. All right. Do you, do you have another question? I need to redeem myself here. You're sure, Mike. Over to walk away. Dude, this isn't searching for Bobby Fisher. Next question, please. Hopefully, I can beat at least one of our listeners. All right. At the federal and state level, where do we spend more money? Education or corrections like prisons and jails? Hmm. I kind of want to go with corrections having read The New Jim Crow and given that the U.S. locks up way more people than any other country. But educational expenses feels right. Hey, good news for you. You got one right. All right. At least it wasn't a complete embarrassment. Yeah, you should be proud of yourself. All that government funding of education paid off. We actually spend billions each year helping students go to public schools. It's a myth that we spend less in education now than in the past. But there are a lot more people going to school now. Wouldn't we need enormous increases in education funding to keep pace? Uh, well, how does funding compare across time when you look at dollars per student, Matt? Uh, USA! USA! I get it. Just avoid the question, why don't you? There's so much to keep track of just with how our government spends money, let alone how it makes money. Mm -hmm. And when I volunteer to help file taxes every year, so many people just throw up their hands and say, I don't care how this works. Just do it for me. Most people don't want to deal with the complexity of the tax system. You know, the tax code's nearly tripled in length over the past 30 years. Uh, the tax law itself is only 2,700 pages. And on top of that, there are clarifications and regulations that add another 4,000 pages. But wait, there's more. Tax case law and annotations account for another 67,000 pages. Man, tax professionals must be worth their weight in gold. That's a lot of information to digest. Yeah, they're digesting over 4 million words in law and code. Include case law, we're talking roughly 11 million words. The Bible, in contrast, has merely 800,000. And this new tax law that supposedly simplifies everything? How much did that cut out? A negative 439 pages, as far as I can tell. <laughs> that much, huh? Uh, so let's try to put this in context for you. The average American reads at 150 words a minute. Reading the tax code in its entirety would take 1,200 hours. With the following changes. If your net operating loss is more than your taxable income for the year or to which you carry 51 it, days, or the excess of your net operating loss deduction, or 153 working days, your taxable income figured with the following changes. Or 31 working weeks, excess of your capital gain deduction, if your net or loss eight months of work, you cannot claim a deduction for capital losses in excess also, of your capital. You must increase your taxable income by the amount of any section.
Imagine that's your job. Eight months of just reading the tax code out loud. The moral of the story here is that the Bible would take only 10 working days to read. Yeah, folks, reading about who begat whom, who begat whom, is really not that bad in comparison. (laughs) And that says nothing about actually understanding a word of what you just read. It's taken me 30 minutes at times to understand, but a snippet of the tax code to answer a tax question. Questions like, what's up with these payroll taxes? Yeah, a lot of people are surprised when they realize federal income tax is less than half of federal revenue. We have so many other federal taxes that don't get as much attention. Yeah, like payroll taxes, which include things like Social Security and Medicare, that's another 33%. You'll notice up to 14% of your paycheck goes to them. The interesting thing about payroll taxes is that people are bothered by them when they are deducted from their paychecks. However, when polled about Social Security specifically, 9 in 10 Americans are strongly for it and 8 in 10 are willing to pay more towards it. So individual income tax is the number one source of revenue. Number two is payroll taxes. Number three is corporate income tax. The federal government gets 11% of its revenue from that. A recent Gallup poll found that 67% of U.S. citizens feel that corporations are taxed too little. And the Republican-controlled Congress noticed that supermajority preference and recently voted to raise corporate taxes. Wait, are you sure about that? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say, in spite of supermajority support for raising corporate taxes, the Republican-controlled Congress recently voted to slash them to the lowest rate since the Great Depression. Totally changing the subject for a moment. Did you know that Election Day is Tuesday, November 6th, 2018? Interesting. Is this the day when literally every seat in the House of Representatives is up for a vote? Well, that's not what I was getting at, but yes, it is Tuesday, November 6th, 2018. Tuesday, November 6th, 2018, when it is possible to vote out literally every incumbent member of the House of Representatives. Moving right along here, what other taxes are there? Well, after the big three, there isn't much. Some things like excise taxes and customs duties make up about 4% of the budget together. And guess what? What? They each have their own tax code. And remember, our government is a federation, which means we also need to think of state taxes, local taxes, and each of those have their own tax codes. Some have income tax, some don't. Sales tax is common, but not everywhere. You've also got property taxes on houses, ad valorem taxes on cars, and various taxes and fees on other assets. Even speeding tickets can be considered a form of taxation. So to zoom way back up out of the weeds, let's remember why we're even talking about all this. Taxes are complicated. So when someone says they're going to simplify the tax code, which one? There are dozens. And if someone says they want to cut middle class taxes, well, take your pick. Do you mean local property taxes? How about car registration fees? Maybe they mean increasing the standard deduction. Or increasing the child tax credit. Or the lifetime learning credit. But what if I don't go to school? Or what if you do, but you're homeschooled? But what if my homeschool is also a daycare for other kids in the neighborhood and qualifies for business expenses? Or what if I drive my kids to your daycare across state lines in a company car owned by a not-for-profit where I serve on a board of directors and receive a small travel stipend? Uh, Who knew taxes could be so complicated? Now that we laid down the basics of our super complex tax system, the next question is, is it fair? More on that after the break. Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from Elwood & Getz Financial Planning and Investments. As fee-only financial planners, they are fiduciaries to their clients. That's E-L-W-O-O-D-G-O-E-T-Z dot com. 
You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA Athens. 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And this is Michael Thomas. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Or online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from UGA's Department of Financial Planning, Housing, and Consumer Economics, providing teaching, research, and outreach to support families and communities' economic well-being. FHCE.UGA.edu It is the far-off year, 2019. Taxes have been eliminated entirely. Small, rugged bands of survivors press on. I'm so glad we finally got rid of taxes. All taxation is theft. Yeah, totally. Just wish the roads weren't so messed up. You don't feel good knowing you get to keep every last cent of what you earn? Yeah, but I guess I took for granted how easy it was to get food back then. Now that big government is out of the way, we have total freedom. Except we can't go to the chaos zone anymore. At least our hard-earned money ain't going to welfare or BS subsidies. Or police. Or shady foreign governments. Or keeping the wild dogs out. Truly a Randian paradise. Now, with hard work, anyone can rise up to the top, and the fruits of their labor will trickle down on everyone else. Actually, I think that's acid rain. Hey! Hey, you two! Put your hands up! Oh, look! an entrepreneur. Put all your food in this bag. Now. Oh, certainly. Look at this. Capitalism at work. Uh, Well, back to eating mud? Yeah, as free men. Delightful. So in the first half, we brought up all these different kinds of taxes that we pay, and without a doubt, Somewhere in the U.S., someone's complaining about having to pay at least one of them. Probably a lot more than just one person, actually. How many, exactly? According to Gallup, about half the country. And that number has bounced around a bit over the last few decades. Well, that makes sense. Tax rates have gone up and down as well. Sure, back in the 90s, about two-thirds of Americans thought taxes were too high. And tax rates were much higher back then. Uh, no, not at all. Hmm. Almost exactly the same rates as last year when the latest poll was taken. Well, tax rates used to be higher. Oh, yeah, much higher. Go back to the 1950s, and some of the rates were double what they are today. What was the sentiment on tax rates back then? Back then, only about half of Americans thought taxes were too high. Huh, so the same as today. Yep. Even though tax rates are half of what they used to be. You got it. (laughs) It's almost as if people's opinions about taxes have more to do with perception than reality. Yeah, I know a lot of our listeners out there are hearing about how high taxes are, and they feel that pinch. And then they hear about how some people just don't pay anything, and that doesn't seem fair. This feels like ancient history, but remember the 2012 election when Mitt Romney said a bunch of people don't pay? Yeah, and uh, that got him into so much trouble. I want to remind everyone out there what he said for those listeners who aren't finance nerds like us. Truly. Unfortunately, the original audio quality isn't great because his quip was recorded on a cell phone that might have been underwater. So I'm going to do the next best thing and have Chris read the transcript. 47% of Americans pay no income tax. Wait, that's it? And he called them entitled to. Well, the issue, I guess, is that he embellished the actual rate, right? He just made up some number. Way more people pay income tax than that. 
Oh, no, he's right. The number did shrink to 44% since then as the economy recovered, but ironically, it's right back up to over 47% because of the new tax law. What? How is that possible? How can half the country not pay income tax? Because they're leeches, Michael. Entitled leeches. Oh, boy. Forbes broke down the numbers for us, maybe help clarify things. Okay, what does Forbes say? 8% of Americans pay no income tax because they're super poor. So unemployed folks, individuals with extremely low wages, these are people living in real poverty. And our soldiers. Soldiers. You know, my dad was a Marine and definitely paid his dues during Desert Storm. Yeah, soldiers are exempt from paying taxes when they're in a combat zone. So soldiers are part of this entitled 47%? Funny how that works, right? Mm. Funny how completely wrong perceptions can be. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, and who else is in that group? Students. People who are getting the skills now to eventually pay a lot more in taxes later in life. So this idea that 47% are just, well, lazy and sit around is completely baseless. Well, hang on. That was just some of the people who don't pay income tax. Another 10% do just sit around and even go on vacations. All right, Matt, don't get us kicked off the air. I'm talking about <laughs> retired people. <laughs> so in that entitled 47% are people who work their whole lives and deserve the opportunity to spend some of it in leisure. Many of whom tended to vote for Romney anyway. What? 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 Why? Why? What? Why? Why? What? Okay, but we still left out 29% of Americans who don't pay income tax. And what is their story? These are people who work, who do make some money, but not enough to pay income taxes. Hmm, I noticed you really emphasized income taxes. Income taxes because we have a whole separate tax system called payroll taxes. Good old payroll taxes, boy. And this 29% does pay payroll taxes. Things like Social Security, Medicare tax. You got it. And these taxes cost these people at least 7.5% of their income. Hold on. Let me get out my calculator. What are you calculating? Whether 75 is higher than zero. I think so. Hold on. Yes. Yes, it is. Hmm. So anyone who says 47% of Americans don't pay income tax, well, they're right. But we have so many different taxes, including other tax on our income. Really, only about 18% of Americans don't pay either income tax or payroll tax. But remember, that's mostly retired people, students, and even soldiers. And that number is also missing out on all the other taxes we pay, like sales tax. So let's change this conversation a bit by defining a few very important terms. The first is effective tax rate. Yeah. Many taxes are difficult to calculate because they charge different rates on different levels of income or expenses. For example, with income tax, you might pay a 0% rate on some of your earnings, but a 25% rate on other parts of your earnings. An effective tax rate does all this complicated math finds out how much you owe in taxes, and then divides your tax bill by your income. So when we say 47% of people don't pay income tax, we're saying that 47% of Americans have an effective income tax rate of 0%. It's important to be careful with your language. We're saying effective income tax rate. That's in contrast to an effective total tax rate. Now, let's add in those payroll taxes. They're part of your total tax bill. Only 18% of Americans don't pay either income taxes or payroll taxes. But that doesn't mean 18% of Americans have a 0% effective total tax rate. Remember all those other taxes, like sales tax and property tax? Well, those need to be added in as well. Some people may not realize this, but low-income people... 
they buy stuff sometimes. Yeah, and then a really surprising thing happens. They pay taxes on those purchases. So this whole idea that half the country doesn't pay taxes is totally ridiculous. Yeah, it's all about perspective, I guess. If only everyone could see as clearly as we do. The world would be such a better place, right? Speaking of making the world a better place, sometimes that's exactly what governments try with their tax systems. And one way they do that is by creating a progressive tax system where low-income people have a lower effective tax rate than high-income people. Does the United States have a progressive tax system? Well, our federal income tax system is one of the most progressive in the world. Remember that many Americans don't pay any federal income tax. The typical middle-class American pays between 7 and 10 percent. The top 1 percent, they pay more than double that, 23 percent. Jeez, that doesn't sound very fair. How's that? Okay, so I get how wealthy people are going to pay more income tax no matter what because their income's higher. But to also raise the rates on them means they pay even more and more still, like hundreds or even thousands of times more in taxes than some low-income people. Thousands of times? That seems a bit high. Oh, really? Look at T. Boone Pickens, the fabulously wealthy oil tycoon. Oh, my goodness. I could only imagine how much he pays in taxes. Can you imagine he's paid a billion dollars in taxes over his life? Wow. But you know... He's one of the richest people in the history of the world. What do tax bills look like for people merely in the top 1%? Well, those bills are still really high. The top 1% are paying roughly $700,000 a year in taxes. And if you look at the top 10th of a percent, they're paying $3 million a year. Wow. And think about it. These people probably don't feel like they're getting a great return on that investment. They're not so likely to need social services. And even if they need police... They could probably just hire a private army. Yeah, like the good old days of medieval Europe. Make America <laughs> gelt again. What is a gelt, dude? I'm willing to bet literally no one got that reference. Off to Wikipedia with you. <laughs> but we aren't just talking about super wealthy people. Some middle class and upper middle class families are being dinged as well. When I think about tax rates, star athletes always come to mind. They have the worst of both worlds tax-wise, high income and short careers. ESPN explored this in their 30 for 30 documentary, Broke. A lot of those guys thought that they were filthy rich when they entered into their first contract. Yeah, until they actually got paid and saw how much is taken out in taxes. One of the players said he thought he was robbed when he got his first paycheck. I would too if my paycheck was cut nearly in half. Yep. USA! USA! Those good old federal and payroll taxes for you. When some people see how much they're getting taxed, they may want to drop the whole progressive tax system for a flat one. Hey, in that context, I would too. Doesn't seem very fair to have to pay such high rates. A flat tax is one where everyone pays the same marginal tax rate, for example, 10%. If your taxable income is just $10,000, well, you pay $1,000. How about a million dollars? you'd pay $100,000. Well, getting a big tax cut would probably feel good to a lot of people, but it would eliminate our progressive tax system. And that makes me a little worried. Why is that? Well, we're just talking income taxes here. Some of our other taxes are already not so progressive. Oh, so maybe we can understand the consequences of a flat income tax by looking at these other taxes. Exactly. Let's look at sales tax, for example. Let's say that I buy some clothes at the store here in Athens, I'm going to pay an 8% sales tax on top of whatever the price is. Right. You pay 8%, I pay 8%. Everyone who buys those clothes pays 8%. Yeah, you got it. So this is like that flat tax we were talking about. 
Uh, good. A fair tax where everyone pays the same effective rate. Uh, no, I didn't say that. Wait, what am I missing? Low-wage earners usually don't have the same capacity to save, so every dollar they make is spent and taxed. Uh-oh. That sounds more like a regressive tax system. A regressive tax system is one where low-income people have a higher effective tax rate than high-income people. And sales taxes are about as regressive as they come. Is this just a uh, fringe Matt Gorin rant? No. Thinkers across the political spectrum say the same thing from the more left-leaning Brookings Institute to the libertarian Ron Paul. And it's not just political types who say this. Financial resources like Investopedia make the same point. Indeed. In 2010, the Institution on Taxation and Economic Policy looked at how progressive or regressive various taxes were. Income taxes, of course, were progressive. But sales taxes were sharply regressive. Ah, the top 1% of earners paid less than 1% of their income towards sales tax. Contrast that to the poorest 20% of Americans who paid 7% of their income towards sales tax. Said another way, their effective sales tax rate was 10 times as high. And that's not even considering poor people tax. What's poor people tax? Yeah, like when you grow up in a community where there are no grocery stores, you end up paying way more for food at corner markets, like an extra dollar for a gallon of off-brand milk and bread. An extra dollar might not sound like much until you add up all those trips for all that food you're probably talking at least $500 extra every year. Exactly. And then guess what? They're paying extra sales taxes on those higher prices. Just because people make less money doesn't mean they don't pay taxes. They're still paying taxes in other ways. In fact, some of these people find taxes are a big part of their budget. And that doesn't sound very fair. I don't think many Americans want to see those with lesser means paying higher tax rates. Nope. Okay, okay. So we're ragging on sales tax a bit. But a lot of local governments depend on this revenue. Sure, sure. I just want everyone to be aware that the next time you get to vote on whether to raise sales taxes, you're voting to make a regressive tax even more regressive. And I'm looking at you, Athens. <laughs> but think of how nice the new park would look. Mm-hmm. Basically, no one is a fan of regressive taxes. Regressive taxes don't feel very fair to low-income people. They're the least able to pay. Almost everyone believes that we should either have progressive taxes or flat taxes. Right now, our income tax system is progressive. We have a few regressive taxes as well. But here's an interesting coincidence. When you look at our total tax system, it is actually close to being flat. Consider how the lowest 20% of earners bring in 3% of all income well. They also pay 2% of all taxes. How about the middle 20%? They bring in 11% of all income and pay 10% of all taxes. Noticing a pattern? On average, these groups are paying pretty much the same share in taxes as they earn in income. And this pattern holds even for the top 1%. They earn 22% of all income and pay 24% of all taxes. Sure, those numbers are not exactly equal, but come on. Given how complicated the tax system is, it's pretty amazing how close they are. Here's a big caveat, though. Those figures are from 2013. With the new tax law, the wealthiest Americans are getting the biggest income tax cut. We don't have the data yet, but it is actually possible that our total tax system will now become regressive. Post-apocalyptically so. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on now. You don't really mean that. Yeah, you're right. Just felt like we needed to spice things up a bit. Hmm. I know we've covered a lot, and all this can be pretty confusing, but you can still learn. 
If you need help with your taxes, there are plenty of resources here in Athens and around the country. Yeah, tax season is upon us, so if you want some help filing taxes here in Athens, check out the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program, VITA. Our department has partnered with the Georgia United Credit Union to help middle-class and low-income families file their taxes for free. To learn more, search on Google for VITA, that's V-I-T-A, Athens, Georgia, and click on the first link. And actually, anyone who makes less than $64,000 a year is now legally allowed to file their taxes for free. Find a provider to file your taxes for free at freefilealliance.org. And as always, you can reach out to us at the Aspire Clinic. Visit our website, www.aspireclinic.org. Is that it? For now, I think so. But we have so much more to talk about with taxes, especially income taxes. Especially those practical tips we love so much. So be on the lookout for a special bonus episode on taxes. You'll be able to listen to it online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. We'll have a couple special guests to answer your questions about getting free tax help and about filing taxes as a small business owner. Such fun! Okay, now we're done. Special thanks as always to our executive producer, Chris Shoup, and our audio engineer, Garrett Burke. And our special guest, Jimmy Sanders, the WUGA station manager. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Or need help? Get it. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.